Welcome to Happy Hour with Julie and Liz. So, Liz. Yes. Um, you know, we started off last week's Happy Hour with that really precious, tender moment between um, Joe Biden and Dr. Jill when he picked up that yes. ro- that Indeed. random. <laughs> it was <Indeed>. a rose. <laughs> He thought it was a rose. Anyway, there's just so um, there's just so much PDA in the um, Biden White House. So we had that. Um, but just to kick off happy hour with all the love from our uh, political leadership, did, there was a really sweet moment where Kamala and the second gentleman kissed each other before she boarded Air Force One. I mean, Air Force Two. And they kissed each other and they had their masks on. It was just so cute. That that is so sweet. Yeah. Um, you know, relationship but, goals. <laughs> that's so that's so gross. I mean, that's just, where do I start with that? First of all, they're both vaccinated. They mm-hmm. live together. They're outside. Well, I mean, he does know where she's been, so there's well, that. that. Now, fair enough. But I also will say <laughs> that if he's now starting to take measure, preventative measures <laughs> Too at late, this buddy. stage in their marriage, that cat Too is late. out of the bag. Booyah! <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's whatever. There is a lot of PDA and, and or these really photo op moments, and you've got to wonder why. Um, I don't know. They, you know, Biden did, did it with Dr. Jill, Mr. Mrs. Dr. Jill, and now this strange mask kiss. Um, I don't know. It's like overcompensation or something. So many, so many photo ops, though. Well, I mean, I think, you know, usually we've been starting off the show with a variety of things related to, um, you know, January 6th, and then our interview last week. If you didn't catch that listener, you want to catch that with Ned Lang, who's the father of Jacob Lang, who still is in a DC prison in solitary confinement for his role in January 6th. But I think um, we are going to dust off a few of our former enemies and talk about um, you know, what's happening with COVID theater. That was just another example of it. But even more scary that people need to be aware of that people already are is what's happening with vaccines. Um, yeah. And I know Liz, Summer's you've coming up too, right? Yeah. So Julie and I are like a bi couple uh, podcast couple where Julie's not vaccinated. I am. So we're bi. We are bi. What, I don't know. Bi. We're, we're, you know, by vax. Is that we should start that term? We're a bi- we're a bivax couple. We're a bivax podcasting couple. Um, so before now, if you are a regular listener, you know that I got the J and J vaccine. I'm on day thirty. Um, no clot so far. Um, yeah. So that's I'm just taking it one day at a time. <laughs> we're just I'm just happy every day you answer my task text. That, yeah. Like she's there. Liz, proof of life. Proof of Ooh. life. No. Um, so, yeah, we wanted to talk about vaccines because, you know, it's summer. People are t- they've been locked up for a year. Well, not Florida. 
but everywhere, most everywhere else have been some in some way limited in their movement. And it's summertime. Your kids probably want to go out and play. You probably want to go outside or go, in, you know, play tennis, go to the lake, um, go do can't go camping. Maybe you even send your kids to to summer camp. So the vaccine is supposed to be the gateway to all these freedoms that were taken away. And there really is a lot of questions that have not been answered. And the government, which is supposed to be a neutral arbiter, just like a neutral body, is is just failing so much with doing that really being public health servants because they're not. So Julie, you, what, what are your, let's start with you, your thoughts. So what we have a a hot mess vaccine, the rate of vaccination is declining. Now places are closing. There's, you know, not enough demand. So um, what, what are your, what are your thoughts on why that's happening? Well, I think because people's uh, in their own real life hear about these side effects, these reactions to these shots, and they don't want to take the risk. I personally know people who've had harsher reactions to these vaccinations than the number of people I know who are ill, very ill with COVID. And I'm talking about people as old as a 70 year old man who was hospitalized for over a week after his second shot to a 19 year old, totally healthy professional athlete and his teammates who were all stricken in bed for like two days after they were all forced to be vaccinated. Um, And so, and it runs the gamut, people who have been hospitalized, people who were really ill, spiked fevers. Um, You know, if this 19-year-old athlete had gotten COVID, he never would have known it. In fact, he probably already had it because a lot of young people have already had it, never knew, got got the vaccine and then became ill. So um, I think that that's part of the reason why people, there's just, it's sort of like voting with your feet. You know, they're vaccinating with their feet they're walking away from whatever pop-up rando vaccine clinic is in the parking lot of CVS like there's you know their antennas are going up and so let me tell you it's funny you say that so when I got when I before I got vaccinated I went to go get a test to make sure I didn't have COVID um, I kind of had the sniffles. I had tra- I traveled. I continued to travel throughout the pandemic. Like I was fly- I fl- flew pretty regularly. Maybe every, I probably flew back in- across country maybe seven times last year. Um, but I, I had just come back. I kind of had the sniffles and we, we, Julie and I have a friend that actually got vaccinated while he- they had COVID and had a very bad reaction. So I was like, I want to make sure I absolutely don't have COVID. So um, they had one hour tests nearby where I was. And I made an appointment, got in super quick, went to go. And there was like a building. And in front of it was this giant RV, like old RV, like think Breaking Bad, like Walter White's RV. <laughs> oh, that, great. That kind oh, of great. RV with a huge <laughs> banner on it that said, you know, COVID-19 testing here. And I thought, holy shit, like 
this is this where the te- my test is going to be. Now, luckily, it wasn't, but not much better. It was kind of in a makeshift, not makeshift. It was in a what what probably a week ago had been an a, a vacant office um, that some company had immediately set up, got government grants, was government subsidized to run. And many of the people there were ones who needed to get a test before they could do something, whether it was an air flying on a plane or going to an event, because that's a requirement now. And but I'll never forget the feeling I had. It was surreal of going to get this test and seeing that RV and being like, this this is what our public health system has become, you know, and I think that's kind of related to what you're talking about is that people are going to get vaccinated and the people administering them do not know know anything about who's getting vaccinated. They don't know if they had COVID, if they have COVID because people are asymptomatic. They don't know the people's health history. It's very fucked up from a... public health trust perspective that we're supposed to have in our institutions that you would just go to some rando. Um, I had a pharmacist do my vaccine in a Walmart. I was like right by the ladies dressing room. That's where they set up. Right. And, um, you know, this guy doesn't know me. He doesn't know anything about my health. He doesn't know what medicines I'm on. Nothing. And, you know, it's just it just seems like I I wondered why they just didn't give these to people's physicians and say, you know, have your patient make an appointment and you can talk to them about it. But I also think it's because doctors really don't know anything either. And it almost wouldn't matter, to be honest. Don't you think if your doctor doesn't really know what the effects of these vaccines are on different kinds of people with different conditions and different life stages and different health in different health conditions, how would they know to counsel their patients on whether it's a good or bad thing? That's they don't know. You're right. And so that is a huge problem and that completely justifies people's skepticism about getting these vaccines. Um, and I think the whole J&J thing did shake people up, and it should have. When I went to the document that J&J released prior to the rollout of their vaccine and tried to look at the demographics of the test, the testing group, um, you could not break it down into women between the ages of 18 and 49, which was the group that they um, really wanted to suspend the vaccines for, the the uh, demographic of women who were having bad reactions. As far as from I could tell, looking at this document and really reviewing it and trying to find it, you couldn't do it. So think about that. You have an entire, a big group of the American population, women 18 to 49, I I mean, many of whom are on some sort of birth control pill or mechanism, childbearing replacement or something like that or something. Right. They had no way they could not tell you what not only what the short term side effects were for a lot of these women, but certainly long term uh, side effects of women in their childbearing years. Um, So to to urge people or demand or intimidate bully people into completely dismissing that 
um, after a year of panic over a virus that has, you know, 99.7% recovery rate for everyone under the age of 70, um, just that kind of dissonance people are aware of. I mean, a lot of people are aware of. And so, and then you have Big Pharma and Scott Gottlieb and Pfizer coming out and saying, oh, well, yeah, you know, this works 90% of the time, you know, 90% for six months. But after that, we're not so sure, you know, we're going to be coming up on another three month benchmark pretty soon. And what if it drops down to 70%? Then they're going to say, well, we already know that they've moved into an endemic stage with this virus and people are going to need yearly updates, if not twice a year, a booster and a regular uh, vaccination. I mean, that's but even, bullshit. How do they even know? But even how do they know that? Just think You're about right. all of the, the facts that either someone maybe I, I want to believe somebody has this information, but it seems essential. I'm not I'm not a scientist or a immunologist or public health official, but it it seems like really essential questions should be answered. Questions like one, how long does immunity last after you have the virus? Two, how long does immunity last after you have the vaccine? Three, what variants, because this is the new thing, the scare, like there's variants now because we've gotten one vaccine. Also, maybe it doesn't it doesn't protect against the variants. So what variants do each vaccine prevent against? It's like these is just very basic information that people should have that should be publicly available that are in general available for other vaccines. For instance, um, about four or five years ago, I got the Prevnar 13 vaccine for pneumonia. I have a very deadly history of pneumonia in my family. And I know that I only need that shot once and I'm done, one and done. I don't need boosters. I don't need, I know these things about the vaccine. Why do we not know these essential questions about the virus? It's been a year. I would think, right. I mean, I keep hearing mealy, mealy mouth spinning about it. Oh, well, it doesn't last forever. Or it, the immunity doesn't go, or antibodies go away or, okay, great. Then get specific. You know, give me a date range, three months, six months, 12 months. We have people that are alive that have survived COVID for over a year. Do they still right. have antibodies? Yes or no? Right. Super easy question. Sorry. I just. But, <sighs> what you're, just we're not allowed to even ask those questions. Right. And that's even more suspicious. It's like this whole propaganda campaign to hothouse people into getting the vaccine and the fact that you can't question it makes people even more suspicious. And we've been seeing all these news articles lately about we've got to do a better job at clamping down on disinformation. Um, I think there's a, 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 a commercial out like a vaccine commercial where um, all these doctors, you know, they're in their scrubs and it's all like of ethnically course. diverse. Right. It's not like just white men or whatever. It's, you know, we've they've covered all the bases with these, you know, people um, wearing a stethoscope and scrubs and a little like surgeon hat. And they're like, oh, you don't want to take the take the vaccine. Oh, you heard that from Karen in your dog group. Like, OK, well, you know what? The reason that people are getting, quote, disinformation is because there's no, quote, information. You That's know, right. if 
you think people that you know in your Facebook groups or in your neighborhood or next door, whatever you wherever you hang out on the Internet and they're telling you lies about the vaccine. Well, if there was somewhere that didn't tell you lies about vaccines, that stuff wouldn't make that wouldn't go very far. But the fact is. Karen in the poodle group is just as trustworthy as our public (laughs) health officials at this point. I'm just saying. Well, I mean, and as you've said, they've completely shot any credibility that they have with a lot of people. You know, you still have 40 percent of the country who would ever Lord Fauci says, and we'll get to that clip in a minute to his latest outrage, um, whatever he says they are going to do. But the idea now that and what's prompted this is Tucker Carlson's um, opening monologue on uh, Wednesday night where he starts reading through some of the data from theirs, which is the uh, vaccine adverse reaction uh, reporting system that is overseen by CDC where doctors, healthcare providers, people can uh, register their adverse reactions to the vaccine. Now, apparently, and this is, there's a backlog of this. Alec Ber- Alex Berenson has been all over this and, of course, mocked as, you know, conspiracy theorist and a killer. You know, we're all killers if we if we object to the groupthink on COVID. But he receives reports. He go, scrubs that site a few times a day. He gets emails from people with their own reactions. Everyone knows people who've had reactions. But anyway, it looks like apparently almost 4,000 people have reportedly died after taking this vaccine. And so Tucker now, of course, today is being slammed as trying to get people killed by not taking the vaccine. So we are supposed to follow the science, look at the data, discuss, you know, what's happening if it relates to the coronavirus, but not if it relates to these vaccines. It's another silencing campaign. And if you're out there not terrified that these people are trying to silence critics of just reporting facts about a vaccine that's experimental, again, we have to underscore, it has emergency use authorization by the FDA. It did not go through all of the um, required trials and tests. Their tests are still ongoing, as we know. Um, So we're not allowed to talk about people dying from this vaccine. I mean, this is what is this? That's crazy. And so Tucker is being slammed again today, which won't deter him. But this is vital information that people need to weigh when they are deciding if they should get this vaccine or not. Because the other thing, Liz, I'm sorry to riff, but go on, go on. People also need to know there is no legal recourse. If you let's say your daughter, your college, like my daughter's college is forcing people to their students to get a vaccine. What if something tragically happens to your child forced to take a vaccine? You cannot sue anyone in the supply production or supply chain, including the government, including big pharma, anyone who administered this shot, you can't sue them. They have legal protection immunity until at least 2024 under this uh, E uh, emergency use use authorization. So who do you sue the school? I mean, that's the other scary part. So anyway, this is just raising more, I think, scary 
terrified. We keep, I keep saying that word, but this is really scary what they are forcing and now trying to silence. I wonder who is following up on the vaccine um, reaction site. Like people put in different things, doctors, patients can enter stuff. Is anyone following up on this? And why isn't that being addressed to the public, those concerns? Um, you know, we we kept hearing about during Trump how, um, you know, he was anti-science. I've read so many things. Oh, all of the elite people, the smart people at the Atlantic or the New Yorker are writing these highfalutin stories about, you know, how great Biden is, how anti-science Trump is. Well, where are all the science people now? Are they following up on the vaccine um, uh, side effects or do they have anything to say that is helpful? Do they have anything people need to know? You know, there was a COVID meeting. I think they're only down to two meetings a week, the COVID task force, um, which was cut down. And neither Biden or Kamala Harris are participating in those meetings, unlike Mike Pence, who presided over all of them. Right. Um, you know, what 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 things are being done to try and build up confidence in the public health system right now? I just don't see it. I see Biden wearing a mask when he doesn't have to. I've seen various he public health officials go on media and say the only way to get people to, to get the vaccine is to start, you know, to to basically excommunicate them from society and just say you can't go out, you can't go to the store, you can't go do the things that you normally do because you need a vaccine. So I, I'm just wondering what what sort of actual science is being done right now to track side effects, to just keep people updated on this. But I don't I don't think that this is about science at all. I think this is just about propaganda. And profit. Well, certainly certainly profit because now we're hearing about booster shots. Now, if we can't get an answer to the question of how long does immunity last in COVID patients, if it ever ends or not, who I don't know. I know, I think you can't get, is it true you can't get chicken pox twice? I've heard that, is but that, you can, true, but you can get other herpes I think it's like a herpes virus I think right anyway you can get shingles are, get all kinds well, yes. of other things right but so the virus. if we don't know how long the um immunity lasts from just getting coronavirus how do we know that immunity that coronavirus immunity doesn't protect people against variants or that people who do catch it again but it's a variant have a less severe or even a more severe, we don't even have answers to these questions. These are just basic rational questions to ask about the vaccine and immunity and, you know, keeping people healthy and, and safe for those who are extremely vulnerable to this. That's, and that's we're just right. not getting it. And Julie's right, you can't even ask it. And then it gets even more suspicious because like I said earlier, the people that are telling us to get vaccines are not behaving like the vaccine is even effective. 
<laughs> so, you know, when you have right. a married couple who live together kissing through their mask in public, you're kind of wondering, wait, wait a minute. Or when the president or Biden, whatever, um, is speaking to Congress <laughs> and everybody's like 12 tongue. feet ap- apart wearing a mask. And it's like you're all vaccinated and you're 12 feet apart. So why are you doing this? Um, yeah, people are like, well, wait a minute. Does this or does this not work? Really, it's such a disaster. And the only way to control the disaster is to silence questions and dissent. Right. That's, which we have seen. We have seen from the beginning of this. Right. If you did not think social distancing worked, if you objected to the original lockdowns, if you didn't mask, if you didn't double mask, if you now it's if you didn't take the shot. Then, I mean, you're hearing this about Tucker, then, you know, he's getting people killed, that that kind of thing. And so um, but there are far more questions and answers at this point about the vaccine. We can't trust people who are, you know, promoting it. And then we have this weird exchange. Now you have Dr. Fauci who refuses to relinquish the spotlight on any of this. And this doesn't help either. We have this creepy clip where he's laughing once again about what is child abuse. I mean, there's no other way to, to uh, describe it. And this freak show, Savannah Guthrie, who should have her mother card immediately revoked because she insists on asking this decrepit fraud clown, Anthony Fauci, how to raise her two children. I feel sorry for her kids. Um, and this exchange just just blew my mind this week. And and let me stay on the subject of kids because uh, summer camps are coming up and a lot of parents are looking forward to sending those kids out and hoping they have a great summer since they weren't able to last summer. But the CDC guidelines right now for kids in summer camps say masks must be worn at all times, even outdoors, by everyone, including vaccinated adults and children as young as two years old and campers should stay three feet apart, even outdoors. My question to you is, given what research shows about uh, transmission outside, about the low risk of serious illness in children, are these CDC guidelines excessive? You know, I wouldn't call them excessive, uh, Savannah, but they certainly are conservative. (laughs) And and I think what you're going to start to see is really in real time, continually reevaluating that for its practicality. Because you're right, people look at that and they say, well, is that being a little bit too far right now? Yeah, because aren't we supposed to be, I mean, we've been told, people have been preaching for a year, follow the science. The science right, doesn't right. suggest those CDC guidelines are too sensible for little kids outside in 90 degree heat running around with masks. <laughs> yes, Amanda, you've asked me that question a couple of times before. <laughs> I'm asking for two kids named Vale and Charlie, age six and four. <laughs> Yeah, well, you're right. The CDC makes decisions based on science. They will continually reevaluate that. You're right. It looks a bit strict, a bit stringent, but that's the reason why they keep looking at that and trying to, you know, reevaluate on literally in real time whether or not that's the practical way to go. In a few moments. So, isn't that funny how they laugh? Like Savannah Gus, Savannah, excuse me, Savannah. Actually, a good question, which is like these requirements for summer camps or guidelines for summer camps are completely divorced 
from anything that the CDC has recently put out about, you know, whatever proper COVID behavior. And it's just like a yuck, yuck, yuck. Hill, 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 yuck, yuck, yuck. <laughs> I would say it's overbearing. It's it's absurd. It's completely anti-science. But, you know, she just lets him off. She really she does. Say, well, well, wait. She doesn't say, wait a minute. How can you say it's science if it doesn't have anything to do with what the CDC said? And the CDC, as you know, is like the holy grail for these people, right? I mean, the last year, they worship it. It's crazy. Well, this is the same idiot who talked to Fauci a week or so ago and said that she didn't wear a mask, but her daughter, who got off the school bus, so obviously it must be her six-year-old, a kindergartner, made her wear her mask outside walking home. Now, yeah, you that's... think when Tucker said a few weeks ago that these people are abusing their ch- children, oh, explain that to me. How is that not child abuse? I mean, anywhere that you've been, let's say in an airport or on an airplane, I want to cr- thank God my girls are older. I cannot imagine living the past year not seeing my little girl's face and her smile and talk like I, I wouldn't do it. Like I just. I it, my heart breaks for um, these children, of course, but also suffering under these moronic, brainwashed, idiotic parents. Just it's such it's so abusive. You're going to turn these kids into like little neurotic freaks. They're going to be yep. terrified of the world. They're going to turn them into like little Greta Thunbergs, right? Who are having absolute <laughs> meltdown over the because the planet's going to explode in 12 years or something. That's what they're doing. And it doesn't, again, you don't even need to be a scientist to kind of think rationally about what the things to do if you don't want to catch a virus. And wearing masks and double masking outside, even when when you're not even near anybody, what, how does this in any way make sense? It's, It's ridiculous, especially when you are an athlete. And you are competing yeah. or you're playing and you you are having your breathing restricted. It just it it defies common sense. And yet we're being told this is science. This is science. And but look, it, it's the same reason. Here's the shtick. And we've seen this. The reason why they're going to torture our children um, is because they are going to force vaccines on our kids. Children as young, what did they just say? Children, there's going to be testing for children between the ages of 11 and 2? 2 to 11. So they're going to torture these kids, force them to wear masks outside, ruin another summer, ruin their athletic opportunities, just playing like children until their pediatricians or their parents force them to get another experimental vaccine. That's what this is all about. Fauci is not a public health expert anymore. He is 100% a flack for big pharma. And this is part of what he's doing. Of course, you you know, follow the science. And we no, it isn't. They're going to torture our kids until they approve of uh, this experimental vaccine for children and force. And that's what this is all about. And nobody's asking him, nobody's asking Fauci, and I know he's appeared, you know, before Congress and Senate before, nobody's asked Fauci, given that we know children are at such low risk for this virus, 
Why do we need to vaccinate them? I mean, do we have an answer for that? Well, because they're spreaders. That's what they're going to say, even though there's no science behind that either. Because, of course, there's plenty now of, um, you know, science, data, experiments. Look at Florida. Look at here in suburban Chicago. The Catholic schools, big high schools that have stayed open, they haven't had outbreaks of COVID versus our my public high school that's basically been shut down for over a year and just opened up a few days, but these kids are tortured there too. So we have all of the contradict. You know, this used to be what the scientific method was about experimentation. You come to a conclusion and you work as hard as you can to test it to prove that it's wrong, not to prove that it's right. You're looking to prove basically that it's wrong, but now. Everything is about confirmation bias. Well, of course, children are super spreaders in school. So you have these alleged experts and political leaders on both sides of the aisle, by the way, who are doing whatever they can to prove that. And it just doesn't exist. In fact, the to the contrary, there's plenty of evidence that proves that kids aren't super spreaders, that they don't get sick. And, you know, they're far more susceptible to something like influenza than they are to COVID. Um, but none of this matters. These, these questions are all issues that we have evidence to look at and, and come to a determination. It's not like a year and a half ago where we just had no idea. We, there's how many, we, the Washington Post, CNN, I think they took their ticker down because it doesn't matter now that Trump is gone, but they were constantly counting how many cases, how many deaths, but how many cases. So there's plenty of data to go and examine what, you know, the transmission. I think some, there's been a little bit of, of research on this, you know, where people are most likely to get it. So there would be evidence if little children or young people are spreading this to older, sicker people, right? I mean- There's there's millions of people have gotten this virus. So and older people who are afraid to get it have been vaccinated. So and the teachers have been vaccinated, healthcare providers, anybody who's afraid of a five year old giving you covid, you've been vaccinated. You've had the chance you can get your booster shot. So none of this adds up. None of it is adding up. And if you're an adult like me and you're not afraid of getting COVID, you never were afraid of getting COVID, you've been around kids, violated all the social distancing, like you said, travel, did all, then, okay, I'll take that risk. Fine. But people are calculating these risks, first of all, wrong, and also for other people. Um, so we just li- live in this nonstop police state for, for many reasons, but especially for this. Um it's very disappointing overall just to for I mean, I'm jaded, so it's probably not as disappointing for me, but just for like the regular person who is <clears throat> has their wits about them and they're a critical thinker and they did have faith and trust in our public health experts and these extremely well funded public health institutions like the NIH, the FDA, the CDC, and we're just not getting information that we should have available that is necessary for people to make decisions or know, you know, to really just get a sense of what what they're facing, what the risks are. And I think it was last week, we may have even mentioned it, 
a poll came out comparing the difference between knowledge of the coronavirus, the le- how lethal the virus is, to, and hospitalization com- between Republicans and Democrats. And the Democrats are just, they're just off the deep end. But that's intentionally so. I mean, the media made it out to be that 50% of the people who do get the virus are end up on a ventilator. And that was kind of the, that was the number for Democrats, like almost half the Democrats, right. uh, self-identified Democrats believe that if they get COVID virus, there's a 50% chance they're going to end up on a vent. And that is absolutely not even close. So, but that is what our experts, that's the image that our experts have one allowed to be portrayed by the Washington Post, CNN, all of the different outlets that are on this train. And they didn't make any effort to correct it. You know, they never came out and said, look, it's you know, only really Trump did after he got the virus. Like he was like, yeah, it's bad. You just get over it. Right. And so um, but all the other experts didn't come out and say, look, don't panic. Here's here's what we know. And the likelihood that you're going to get hospitalized is very low or end up on a ventilator or die. Nobody had that conversation. And that's because. They didn't want to have that conversation. No, they don't. And now it looks like um, Pfizer is going to approve their vaccine for 12 to 15 year olds. Roll that out next week. So there's all all of our good news on the vaccine front. (laughs) That that's um, what do you think is going to happen as a result of that? Um, That once they make the vaccine, approve the vaccine for people who are you know children who are in that age what do you think um there's got to be a consequence there's got to be a reason they're doing it i mean obviously it's it's for money because this has been a massive massive uh redistribution of wealth to these public health that public health industry yeah. yeah for sure but there has to be some other control mechanism so what kinds of things do you think will be controlled now for kids in the 12 to 17 age group now that they're able to get a vaccine? I mean, that's a great question. I don't know. Will they, it's not like these kids will get vaccinated and they're suddenly going to take their masks off when they're playing football or take them off at school. Like not, that's not going to happen. Um, so I, I, I don't know. I cannot believe for most American adults that this is not a bridge too far to use our children as lab rats to, enrich people like Scott Gottlieb and Pfizer, you know, where, where, where's Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders? Where are the people, they would be screaming from the rooftops about the kind of profits that these billionaires are making off of forced immunizations. Like what happened to those people? Where are they? Oh yeah. They checked out. It's inconvenient. It's inconvenient. However, today it looks like the White House has walked back its um, or is now supporting. I don't want to say walk back, but is now supporting sharing the intellectual property for the vaccines, which means um, that's less money for the drug companies. Did you see that? Because they didn't want to they didn't want to force the drug companies to, you know, share the recipe for their vaccines to help other countries or get it out there more. And right. so they're now walking it back. So that's kind of a bummer, I guess, for Scott Gottlieb's summer cottage in 
Connecticut. Well, you know, he's got a few mansions already going. So he maybe really he just has anymore. to. He'll have to pare down on the artwork that he's bidding on. And the Botox. Something. Jeez, stop with the Botox. God, Man. he looks like Don't a you... Kardashian. Seriously, he is. Yeah, he's like frozen <laughs> face. Pillow frozen face. Don't do that, people. That's the don't. He's the one in Glamour magazine with that black strip across his eyes. Where it's like, don't. Along with do like not. your thong sticking out of your Victoria's Secret pink sweatpants <laughs> from the from the early aughts. Anyway, so um, this whole vaccine effort and public health effort that we were promised was going to be serious. I mean, that was a huge part of Biden's campaign, right? Is that the grownups needed to come back and handle the pandemic like grownups. And they were so serious that, you know, Biden didn't leave his house the whole campaign, right? Or right. he didn't have campaign rallies or people were, there was 12 cars in front of him and he was, you know, mumbling his way through a campaign speech because now things were gonna be taken seriously by serious people. And instead, it doesn't look like that's happening. And it's interesting to see this vaccine hesitancy in relation to the operation, the success of the operation to like the information operation to get people on board because the media is very good at making everybody think that they're in the minority. You're a freak for what you think, you know, everybody's running to get a vaccine. Are you kidding? But now, now that it's there, we're seeing that it's actually not nearly as, universal and that there's a lot of people who aren't sure about this. I think that that's a clever trick we see quite often with uh, these liberal progressive operations is that making everyone think what their crazy shit is normal when in fact it isn't normal. And we're kind of seeing that play out right now. Exactly. Um, Well, we will uh, keep up on this issue because it's very important. I think one of the top, important issues happening in the country right now, which there's a lot of. Um, Well, we're still seeing like vaccine passports or informal passports, right? Like I think the New York Yankees and the Mets will have a vaccinated and unvaccinated section for their baseball games. Um, Which section do you think will be more fun? (laughs) Obviously. (laughs) We'll be in different sections though, Liz, if we go to a Yankees game. I'll, because I'll, we're, I'll, we're I'll go back. with you. I'll be like, I'll take my risk. I'm going to go with the fun people. That's so. Yeah. I, but I think this is going to continue. I think they're going to push this as far as they can. And that all depends on the public pushback and possibly lawsuits with this. If you're vaccinated, you can do this. And if you're not vaccinated, you can't do it. I think there's already been lawsuits. We just saw a lawsuit uh, settled yesterday a court ruled that the CDC cannot continue to extend this um, mortgage and eviction moratorium. Right. So, so many people who are landlords who get passive income from being a landlord, I'm not talking about big corporations because I think those, those people were eligible for PPP loans, but you're at, you know, your regular, I own, you know, I own six or seven properties and I make passive, you know, this is how I make my income is renting out my properties. And then all of a sudden there's no money coming in because the people are like, hey, fuck you. I can't get evicted. Ha ha ha. And 
uh, a court said the CDC doesn't have authority to do that. And so now, you know, I think a lot of damage has already been done. There was a, of all places, last week or a couple days ago, an article in the New York Times talking about, I think he was a Somali immigrant. There's a lot of Somalis that own property up in upstate New York in this town that was a very, they offered very attractive deals for people to come into the town, buy up properties and kind of revitalize it. So this man, he was an, he's an immigrant. He owns several properties and he's just been wiped out. I mean, he's absolutely wiped out. His properties are trashed. His tenants won't leave. They won't let him in. He can't evict them. I mean, it's, it's terrible. That is, you know, another casualty in this, in this pandemic where the government is working against the citizen, you know, without regard. I mean, people, even landlords have to play, pay mortgages too. So it's kind of like a chain reaction. So unless there are more actions like that, where people are suing or there's so much public pressure to not do it, I think they're going to just, they're going to try and restrict people as much as they possibly can. And they'll do it through the corporations because federally they can't do it as a law, but they'll do it through their corporate handmaidens to, you know, restrict people's movement if based on whether they've been vaccinated or not. Right. Um, so that's my well, uh, rant before on we, um Before we side off uh, for the week, you know, Elon Musk is going to be on Saturday Night Live on Saturday. I'm sort of excited to see that. I, I, I don't know why there's so much hate for Elon Musk because I, I, I like Elon Musk. What, why don't, what don't I know? Why should I hate him? Well, you should hate him because the Saturday Night Live crew apparently needs a safe a safe space to get oh, away well, from enough. his. That's probably enough. because his IQ is higher than the combined total of everyone who works at Saturday Night Live these days. So where maybe that's I it. mean, I saw an interview or listened to an interview with him. He was on Joe Rogan a couple weeks ago. Very bright and smart guy. I mean, I don't know. What's oh, not to like, smart. but well, I think he's, what's not to like, he's very, um, he's a disruptor. That's why people don't like him. The people well, he's don't like him of, because he's a disruptor. And he's sort of based like he, um, I watched a Joe Rogan interview with him last, I think it was April or May. And he was already calling out the lockdown bullshit. And I mean, the guy is scary genius. He was talking about, their advancements in artificial intelligence that he was working on for people who were quadriplegics and how they were looking at taking out just one little teeny tiny section of the brain and replacing it so they would have their abilities back. Like he's not like a normal, (laughs) he's not a normal thinker, but he's also kind of based, right? So he was like, he tweeted out about my pillow a couple months ago. Like he's not, an anti-Trumper. He's not totally on board with all the woke bullshit, critical race theory. He's a climate. He's definitely like a climate change guy, but he's also, he he just makes a lot of sense about stuff. So of course the Saturday night live players don't, don't like him. It just seems so cool. I heard about the ruckus, the, the hubbub that people were being triggered by having Elon Musk on. And I just didn't know why. I mean, 
it just seems so so over the top but then i guess the, the left is nothing but over the top right but still um i've i found him very impressive he's done i mean he's sending spaceships out there he's got satellites out there um he's extremely intelligent i guess that that's why the left doesn't like him i'm i don't know how they're going to do the show because didn't i hear that they won't appear with him so like how's that gonna work yeah that's a good question I don't know how it's gonna work because um I don't know he doesn't seem like a comedian but maybe he'll just take the stage on his own (laughs) who knows knows? I don't even know what first of all I'm not gonna watch it I'll just wait and see what people say and then if they say it's good I'll find clips because I'm definitely not watching Saturday Night Live it's not even funny anymore well, you would never so, stay up that late anyway, so. Well, actually, I get up in time for it. No, I'm just <laughs> kidding, but almost. Um, but still, why? I, the, the fact that it's so, that their reaction to this is so over the top only put, brings more attention to it. So I will yeah. be interested to see how it goes. And I have no idea how they're going to do a show if they're not going to physically be in the presence of Elon Musk. And might I add, what a sad sack of shit this country's become with these kinds of people that literally cannot be in the same room with someone who they have disagreements with politically. Right. Um, what? These people are broken. These are broken, sad, fucked up people. Those are the, these are the people that wear masks outside 12 feet apart from people like in the middle of the, of the woods, but they have a mask on. That's, that, that's what these people are. That, that's what it is. So I don't know. I'll, I'll be interested to hear the reviews of it. I guess it's this, it's this weekend. It's this Saturday, right? It is. You know who, you know who he should have on with him is um, Liz Cheney. She should go on and um, they could do like a little show together because she is quite the drama queen. She should join the cast because she's super butthurt right now like they are because she's getting the heave-ho. She's getting bye-bye. What? Okay, here's why do – I mean, obviously, we know why the Never Trumpers want Liz Cheney in there. What what has she done besides be born into political – Well, remember when the Cheneys were war criminals and everyone wanted them, like, strung up in The Hague on a – uh, Halliburton, remember that? Halliburton yeah, and war crimes, yeah. So now, of course, she is like the big hero to the left and never Trump. But what has she really accomplished in con? First of all, Kevin McCarthy has to go. Why the hell yeah. he ever put her in that position? This is another self-inflicted wound by the Republican Party. They're just an embarrassment up and down the line in Washington. What has she done in Congress? That makes her so invaluable. You have Megan McCain, of course. She's done what Kevin McCarthy wants. That's why she's there. Um, The leadership puts in their their soldiers. You know, she was in there and her committee assignments and her leadership position is there because they're on they're playing for the same team. And that's not our team. So. And the usual suspects are all, you know, melting down. And I really want to know, when are they just going to get up and go? You know, it's not us. It's you. You know, it's you. We're you're out of touch with us, not vice versa. It's Liz Cheney who's out of touch 
with the people in the Republican Party and not vice versa. The, this whole, you know, pearl clutching about how this is really about Trump. No, that's the easy way out. It's, it has nothing to do with Trump. It has absolutely nothing to do with Trump. But the left and the Democrats are always saying, oh, well, this is these crazy Trump cult people. Nothing to do with Trump. The fact is she does not reflect the views and the priorities of the Republican voters. That It's that simple. It's nothing to do with Trump. It's just it, easy. No, it doesn't have anything to do with Trump for me. That's fine. You wanted to vote to impeach him. That's great. But her whole um, cover up about the election denying that there is provable election fraud that went on in key states, refusing to accept that. She also bought into the stupid Russian bounty hoax and demanded that Trump, you know, answer questions, which was a total another fabricated disinformation campaign uh, by The New York Times and others. So she's never apologized for that. She was a total covid panic pusher at the beginning saying that people, including children, were going to be like dying outside of hospitals, waiting for hospital beds. She's and if you I watched her interviewed a few times, I'm sure you have, too. She's not that bright. Nothing strikes me. She doesn't say anything really original. I don't think she's proposed any interesting legislation. She certainly hasn't sponsored any legislation that means anything. She's just like her father. Um, You know, they want to stay in these dead end wars in the Middle East forever. Her husband is a partner at one of the biggest law firms in the country. God knows who they represent. Probably every big tech um, company that's out there, not to mention, I'm sure, a few uh, defense major (laughs) defense department contractors. So like Liz Cheney, what would you say you do around here? The line from Office Space, like, what have you done that makes never Trump and now the left defend you? You have to be such a vital, but you know, that's like you were saying, she, well, you she's, can see how you can see how situate, you know, all how situational it is. You know, nobody's, nobody's that evil if they can't be used to the left's ends. And so here we have the case of, of Liz Cheney. I, I, I do wonder, Julie, what you think about her reelection prospects in Wyoming. I mean, do you think she's going to get reelected? Wasn't there just a poll out? Somebody did a poll, and I think she's at, like, I mean, she's way underwater, 20-something percent to 60-something percent uh, disapproval. And, of course, Wyoming only has – she's the their only Congress. She's the one. She's one. Um, so I can't imagine that it's it's very good I wonder when, Julie, do you think <clears throat> that these – pretend Republicans or never Trumpers, when are they going to going to get the message that it's not us, it's them? You know, when are they going to give up and just say, we're we're Democrats now? Like, when is that going to happen? I mean, some of them definitely have like the Bill Crystal that wing, he came out and said, we're all Democrats now. They've supported Democrats. They've even come out in support of that wretch, uh, Vanita Gupta, who is as she's left of AOC. Right. She is a she is a radical. And now she is in charge of the um, she's number three at at DOJ. So um, 
those people are Democrats. They're not even Democrats. They're leftists. But, you know, when you talk about people like Jonah Goldberg or David French, the dispatchers, they're still pretending that they have some foothold in the Republican Party or conservative movement to the extent it even exists. But they don't. They have nothing to offer. No policy ideas. No, they couldn't. Could Jonah Goldberg tell us why he's such a staunch defender of Liz Cheney? What has she done? Okay, well, she voted with Trump apparently 80% of the time. Okay, well, but there weren't that many Trump votes to begin with. So, but what else has she done? What has she taken a leadership position on? She's not a big fundraiser. I looked at her PAC. She doesn't go around raising a ton of money for the GOP. I can't imagine she's a big draw for anyone if you're putting her at Lincoln Day dinners or whatever. No one's going to show up and pay money to see Liz Cheney. Um, so what's, you know, why why does she have to stay in that position? Well, to be fair, Julie, what you've just described is almost every single member of the House, <laughs> um, which is what what issue have you taken leadership on and advanced across the finish line? Right. And that's the big fat goose egg for most of them. Um, yeah. What are there? Maybe really? Four or five. Devin maybe. Nunes, Jim Jordan, um, Andy Biggs. I mean, I could name a few. A lot of them. I mean, other there's than a, that. There's no. just a real handful of people that have stood their ground and, you know, fought back. But, you know, you you have a good point. What's her draw? And I do think that it's that she's in the club. And that's really all this is really about, right, is that people are either in the club or they're not. And she's in the club and it's same club of the mainstream media, political celebrities, the tabloids like The New York Times and The Washington Post. They're all the same club. There's so many stories today all about how tragic it is that the crazy deranged Trumpsters are getting rid of, of Liz Cheney. You know, they're all over. Those things don't just happen. Um, they, they're they planted. You know, they're planted. And they're planted probably by Liz Cheney. So, <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, that's the way it works. You don't think yeah. these people, all the people at all these different publications across across America have just been like, hey, let's do a piece lifting up Liz Cheney for no reason. No. People right. were pitched this. That's the way the system works. So, you know. Sadly, we'll end the show on another sad note because we're talking about Liz Cheney. But by next week, we'll be more happy, more excited, and we'll at least start happy again. So we will. Thank you for, yeah. And thank you for listening. You can subscribe on iTunes, Happy Hour with Julie and Liz, and give us a six-star review. Okay, you can't. You can only do five. <laughs> but still, give us six. We have five stars right now. So awesome. We have the best fans so thank you fans for listening we we know this we talk about it we we love it um and we love you so we will see you back here next week thanks for listening thanks for listening to happy hour with julie and liz we'll see you next week 